0: Hello, producer Ratti. I'm Jazz Glati and welcome back to your favorite place to grow as a dentist. In this episode, we're discussing additive equilibrations for managing tooth wear. So this is an occlusion based one. Dental students and young dentists, it's a lot of things that we discuss that might stretch your mind a little bit. So if you're new to the world of occlusion, you might have to listen to it a couple of times, you might have to hit the books, you might have to speak to some mentors it's okay to listen to something that might be a little bit beyond your depth at this stage. Certainly, when I was learning inclusion, I had a lot of that and I slowly, 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 you know, gained more knowledge, spoke to more mentors, gained new perspectives. So just because we cover some themes that you might not understand in this episode, doesn't mean you shouldn't give it your best shot. Now on that note, if you are looking for some basic, but powerful, impactful, actionable, and practical occlusion tips, then I've set up a free monthly resource right to your inbox starting from August. So it's it's worthwhile just joining now. If you head to www.occlusion.wtf That's right. It's www.occlusion.wtf. Listen, I'm on a mission to demystify occlusion. So with this very practical gem that I'll send you every month, I'm hoping to go a long way to help our peers. So do check it out, sign up and I look forward to sending you some occlusion goodness. In this episode with Dr. Carlos Sanchez from North Carolina, USA, we discuss treating the worn dentition with something called the additive equilibration technique. So people think equilibration is usually when you get a, a burr and you start drilling teeth away. Well, this is additive equilibration. We are creating the quote unquote, ideal occlusion or ideal occluding scheme by adding for example, composite or ceramic or whatever it might be to get to our ideal restorative result. So it's not so much equilibration as you may know it before, it's additive, it's restorative. There are some themes discussed similar to the dial technique, which is quite refreshing because in the, in the USA, it's not used as much. So it's nice, nice to hear an American dentist, Dr. Carlos Sanchez talking about the dial technique in the way he did. So I know you'll enjoy this perspective. If you listened to the last few episodes with Dr. Javier Queros, you know how much I love the Casey instrument. Well, actually, Dr. Sanchez invented this instrument. So uh, it's something that's distributed by Cosmoden or Enlightened Smiles in the UK. And I've raved on about it already. I'm not going to go again. But I want you to check out all the other instruments that Carlos has made. They're really amazing. I'm going to show them off in the clinic. The other thing I found on Dr. Carlos Sanchez's website is the vacuum grip. This is like $10 for five of these little things. And let me tell you why I, I fell in love with it because I've got one now. So you know, when you're washing your ceramic, so you've etched your ceramic, maybe with a hydrofluoric acid for 20 seconds, like your Emax, for example. And then what I usually do what I would hold the crown in tweezers or my glove, and I'd wash it and I make sure that I wash it over the sink and that the sink has got some wet tissue paper inside. And the problem with that is it's over the sink and it's away from where I was initially. Uh, and it's to get a little bit messy. So what the vacuum grip is, is a little insert little plastic insert that's got foam inside. That Fits nicely into your suction. So I try this by putting the crown into the vacuum grip, which goes in your suction. It's like a little tiny black plastic piece. And now I'm holding the vacuum grip, the entire unit, upside down, and my crown is not falling. So it's like extra gravity. It's, it's sucking the crown so that it's not going to fall out. So I can even turn it all upside down and the crown will not fall. So you can imagine that when you're washing your ceramic, now you can do it into the vacuum grip and the crown's not going to go anywhere and it's a nice and safe way to do it. So check out uh, the grip and all the other products that Carlos Chances has has on his website. That's estcon.com. Again, I'll put the, the show notes on the, the website Protrusive.co.uk and on the YouTube if you're watching there. So you can see all the awesome instruments including the KC and the grip and all the other lovely brushes uh, that he has on his website. There's some really brilliant instruments that Carlos has invented. So he's a true uh, innovator when it comes to in- instruments and dentistry. And I hope to share some of those with you. Today's Protrusive Dental Pearl is how to use PTFE. So for example, we use PTFE in so many different scenarios. And one of the most annoying scenarios is when you are preventing the etch and the bond from contacting the teeth that you don't want it to touch. So it's a great way if you're doing um, onlays, you're bonding onlays, or resin on bridges, or veneers, or whatever, you know, I like to floss some PTFE into the contact. So that now the etch won't hit that tooth. But the issue that we have in this scenario is that unless you are with your finger and thumb holding on to the ptfe it gets hoovered into the suction it makes that horrible noise which is not very pleasant for your patient uh, and gets very messy it's not so nice it might even pull off your ptfe or just make that horrible unbearable sound which i absolutely hate so there are a few ways i've seen some dentists manage it they often get some liquid dam or some flowable composite and they sort of tack cure the composite onto the adjacent teeth to keep the PTFE there so it doesn't get sucked away. But what I found really easy trick that many of you probably already do is once you've placed your PTFE and then you manipulate it onto the more distal teeth, either will then floss that PTFE through a more distal So If you're watching the video here, great, you get the idea. If you're listening, just imagine you have put some PTFE through some contacts, and now you're extending it. So let's say you put it between the premolars, lower left first and lower left second premolar, you put it there. And now you're gonna extend it on to the first molar, maybe even to the second molar, so that it's long enough to, to cover all those teeth. And then you're going to floss it between the first molar and the second molar. Now that you've flossed that PTFE in that area it's no longer going to get sucked into your suction and it's not going to make that horrible noise and it gives your PTFE some security and some resistance to being sucked away. So it's not going to make that horrible sound and you get to keep that PTFE in the stable place. So whether you keep the PTFE there the whole time or you remove it after your etching and bonding. It's up to you, obviously, how you want to do it, but uh, it's a great way to keep that PTFE stable. So I hope you like that little pearl and let's join Dr. Carlos Sanchez to talk about all things occlusion and additive equilibration technique. Dr. Carlos Sanchez from North Carolina,
1: USA. Welcome to the Protrusive Dental Podcast. How are you? I'm doing great, Jazz. What a pleasure, man. It's a pleasure to be here. With the Protrusive Dental Podcast, so it's a joy.
0: Well, it's, it's great to have you. And it was amazing, again, to find out that you're also someone who listens to the podcast. And you're, and, and as we had a little Zoom session uh, a, a few weeks ago now, just to catch up and learn about each other's interests and stuff. I mean, your occlusion background really interests me, your sort of reflective practice that you've been doing uh, in, in North Carolina. I think you said you've been in the same practice for many years. Is that right? 27 years. Well, tell us about yourself. Tell us about uh, your, your practice and
1: uh, tell us about your journey within dentistry and occlusion. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to disclose my age. No, you know, you've been practicing 30 <laughs> years. I'm a general dentist, and, uh, but I'm a geek. I love all facets. I'm not into the academics, but I definitely like to get in there and, 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 and you know, I, as I do my stuff, I make sure that it is science-based. But um, I was in the military for about three years. That's where I got my experience in everything. My wife is a dentist, but long story short, um, we were able to settle here in Kannapolis, North Carolina. Love the environment. And from there, I journeyed into different entrepreneurship with practices and so forth. And interesting, just leading to the occlusion, you know, you get out of school. I was very fortunate that um, Iowa, from the University of Iowa, I'm going to shout out to Iowa, but um, I I felt comfortable with giving me a a pretty good foundation. Not perfect, not perfect, but a good foundation. So I thought when I got out there, it's like, okay, I'm going to get out there. I'm going to rock and roll, do this and that. Three, four years into it, guess what? I got burned. (laughs) I got burned. (laughs) Uh, I learned my lesson. Uh, There was a particular case that I did some crown lengthening on top and bottom, uh, nothing in the posterior. The gentleman left. Long story short, it was a journey, a a good year with the insurance. I I didn't get sued or anything like that, but I learned, and I learned, and I said to myself, you know what? I don't want to catch myself in this position again, and so that propelled me. That's how I started um, in this journey as, as far as occlusion. And uh, well, what,
0: what happened in that case that made you think that, okay, I need to go back and and uh, do further learning inclusion? What, what was it? Was it failure? was a premature failure?
1: Uh, what was it? Two things, actually, lack of my communication with the patient. That was, in other words, I just assumed and um, I didn't explain myself well enough. And, and I'm just being candid with you. that was, that was That's fun. very humble of you. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, um, that was one. The second was, was that, um, I think that was the big picture. The, the second one was staying in touch with him because he moved. So basically what it was, worn dentition, top and bottom, missing from, I know the nomenclature is different from the U.S. And, and, and Europe and everything, but from the canine bags, he was missing those very short accruciations uh, att- 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 like so. And so naturally, back then, you do crown lengthening, build them up, and so forth. I didn't pay attention to my this this angle right here, the decoupling the, the and the exclusive angle. Looking back, I made it too steep like this. So I didn't pay so attention. So too,
0: too, too steep of an. anterior that like rather than shallow it. The envelope Yeah, the it.
1: envelope. The envelope function. I there was a dist- uh, I violated the envelope function. I constricted it rather than open it. I constricted mm-hmm. absolutely. And so he moved to the beach, and that's where I got the letter saying that, um, you know, this whole case needs to be redone and, and so forth. But long story short, there were some good colleagues. That's why, you know, as colleagues, we have to be attentive, you know, help each other out. And there were two gentlemen over there that evaluated the case. Says, Carlos, you haven't done anything wrong. Everything, it's, the only thing was, you know, the posterior, we needed to build built a map and so forth. And my thing was that since he left, uh, there was no way I could do it. I even um, proposed to the gentleman, I said, well, come over. Whatever you need to do, I'll do it. So long mm-hmm. story short, that was the big aha. It's like, okay, I got to make sure that um, as I move and progress in my evolution and in, in, in my field, that I don't do this, you know, you don't want to make the mistake again. Uh, make it more mm-hmm. predictable. And so I started my journey with Panky. I remember Panky for a whole week. Um, I, I didn't finish the whole Panky because it was such a long process. Uh, did the Peter Dawson, uh, Listen to uh, Spears, uh, did Spears, uh, let's see who else. And then I was very blessed to meet Dr. Bill McCorris. He's an orthologist. This is how. Mm-hmm. And you know, what I call them is they're, they're the ones, a foundation for prosodontics and so forth, you know. It, those those are the guys Like say you had B.B. McCollum, you had uh, Stewart and Styler. They're, they started the whole this whole journey of occlusion. Well, Carlos, you, have- you,
0: you mentioned some real big hitters there in the, in the field of occlusion and dentistry in, in general. A question that I get a, a, a lot is how do you... Pick Now, I really admire, like many of my guests who I've had on, what I admire is that they haven't just listened to one school of thought and then ran with it, which is fine as well. There's nothing wrong with that. But a lot of the guests I've had on were very privileged that, okay, they've done coist, but they also did Panky and then they listen to Dawson and they respect Spear and they, and they listen to everyone, you know, and they develop their, their protocol that works in their practice. Um, how does a young dentist choose? which path they will go for first. And do you think it matters so much exactly, you know, between
1: Spear and Coise, who they end up going for first? No, you know what, I I, I think and this is the hard part, I think in dental schools is understanding the basics, you know, the anatomy and the physiology. That's the most important part, because if you look at, you know, there's different, you have the CR camp, you have the LVI, neuromusculature, you have those, um, and, and we can all agree that, you know, you want simultaneous contacts, guidance, that's for But where they vary is where you start, which is joint, joint position. And mm-hmm. among those is joint positions, how they get there. And to me, it doesn't matter how you get there. Just get there. You know, once you get there, <laughs> you just, just get there. You know, if you want to use a COIS, deprogrammer program, or use i D, I'm a leaf gauge, use a leaf gauge, use a cotton roll. Just get there, make your diagnosis <laughs> and move forward right? And then how do you put <laughs> the stuff together? Well, how do you, you know, you got uh, respect? respect that coys as his mentor was Dr. Bill McCorris. He, he, he uh-huh. doctor, because we had a long talk and everything. He was from the Air Force. One, he's an incredible clinician and everything, but, you know, he has a certain way of where he likes to start in the posterior. There's nothing wrong with starting the posteriors. I, I like to start in the interiors because I think I kill, I, I, I do more, I get more from the As far as the aesthetics, phonetics, I test the joint if I start at the front. But Mm -hmm. so I started the joint. Once you get your diagnosis, then it's just a matter of what you have in your toolbox to implement the final result. And always start from the end and look back. You know, look at the nice pictures and look back. Don't get intimidated. You're
0: very much, Carlos. You're very much echoing the same thing that uh, you know. We did a two-part episode with uh, Dr. Bill Supple. He's the uh, president of the AES. Have you been to the AES before? I mean, I'd love I to, go. Have to not, go. but one of these. I have not. I'd love to go. Maybe 2025. I, I kind of. I, it sounds crazy thinking so far ahead. But I'm just you know a family man, and I'm just thinking kids and stuff. So I'm thinking I've actually earmarked 2025. Uh, Bill Supple will be there, and I said, okay, I, I kind of told him, 2025. I, I might see you in Chicago for AES. But anyway. Well, what he said in the episode was very similar to what you said. Like, look, the end point between all of them is very similar. And they all care for the patients. And they will all if you follow one of them to a teeth, you'll get a good result. It's just how you get there. And the and the little micro steps will vary that little squiggle from the point A to point B will, will vary. But the point A and point B are, are invariably the same, i.e. getting the correct diagnosis, uh, and being able to communicate that to the patient and then getting the something that you're proud of, and the patient is going to be able to uh, get longevity from is, is the same. So I'm glad we we, we you know we covered this again, because it's important to remind ourselves, You get very, we get very worked up about, oh, but you're
1: and you're panky. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. You know, I was one of those back in the, at the NS um, and I try to, you know, talk to, it's, it's like politics and religion. You cannot convert anyone. You know, you just can't. So, <laughs> but no, but, but, but with the inclusion is the same thing. You know, the inclusion. And here's one thing, and I'm going to say a couple things about mythology an that, that, that I'm a little biased, a little biased. I want to keep things simple. Well, you know, joint position is what we saw. We do our diagnosis, right? Um, but as far as finishing the cases, we're not worrying about the lateral and the central. We're just worrying about the coupling and, and the interior, you know, the envelope of function. So unlike, for example, and, and of course, a lot of the viewers know this, uh, your traditional Pinky Dawson and so forth, you want 28 contacts simultaneously. Well, my friend, it's hard to get freaking 28 contacts, especially in the <laughs> interiors. And you gotta it. is hard. I mean, you're gonna there's no way. Okay? Now, I'm not bad I, and I'm not gonna bow out that there's no way you can tripodize the whole full mouth in anthology. There's no way. But the beautiful thing about this, if you understand the big picture. Understand the stabilizing the tooth. It doesn't matter on just stabilizing that tooth. Then with that, you, first of all, if there's instability against, with the patient and everything, if you start stabilizing one or two teeth, it's amazing how the body starts saying, oh my gosh, I think this guy knows what he's doing. The body does, right? And then you start seeing some progress. So what I've learned in my 30 years is know the big picture, but you then you can pick and choose. Some patients don't have to go to the nth degree. You only need to do one or a couple of things. You know, adjust the non-working interference here and there, and bam, they do well. Another person, the other one you may do is before you get started, you and I know this, is before you start on a posterior, make sure where the first point of, where is the first point of contact is. Yes, because if you change that, depending on how that patient reacts, some people have wide zones, some people have small zones. You can put a rock on me, and I'm fine my wife you put something there she's said like, oh my god what have you done so you have to be able to have that in your toolbox so you minimize your problems right right mm-hmm. that's, that's what we, 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 that's what the thing is we want to minimize the problem and we want to look good we want to look good in front of the patient and so forth and so with paththology was that yeah they're they're way too com- you way in the right time, I'm going to call, I'm a liberal nathologist and, I, and I'll explain I'm a liberal nathologist because yes, I understand the tripodization, I understand the spheroidal disclusion, yes. But hell, I can't do that all the time. But what I realized, if you can do it one or two, bam, it's amazing how that patient does. Now.
0: So, so really, what, I mean, just, to, just to really make it clear to those listening and watching, our oh, dear listeners, Patricia Ronti, when you say stabilize a couple, just what do you mean by stabilize a few teeth? Like, just make
1: it really t- tangible. Like, uh, describe what you mean by stabilize. All right. In that For I mean, example, an emerging, uh, I had a, a patient that came in, and uh, I have it uh, documented and so forth, woke up with a pain on the right side lower right side, um, it came to me and just was distraught. Let's just, I'm, I'm hurting the muscles hurting me and, and the whole nine years. So my thing was, okay, let's take a look at this. How am I gonna start with this? I, I'm, Like I said, I'm a leaf gauger. So I, I always do the medical history and, and so forth because that, you know, that's another topic with, med, with the medications, increasing muscle activity, blah, blah. So naturally, she's, there was a reason why she was having an issue. That tooth was some in the way of her function, whether it was clenching, grinding, and what so it was unstable. So I come in, go go to my, my leaf gauge to check out how the joint, the muscles, and the teeth are. I get the teeth out of the way, check the inferior lateral tear, go to deprogram it, see where it is in position, right? And then from there, with the warm compress, figure out how she does. And I also use pressure point release. I think we talked about that earlier mm-hmm. on. It's, it's a modified dry needling. I just go straight to the source, and just just put it in because that breaks up the lactic acid well so, with so that this, said, you're using a uh, like I'm just, like like just use a 27 gauge needle my, my, my uh, yeah, yeah and yeah I just take a, a wipe it down with with alcohol and I'll tell Mrs. Jones you're gonna feel a little pinch I'll find where the tight contact is she still leave she has to leaf Gauge. she's pumping that muscle I'm checking it I go in one or two one pump press Wait five, six minutes, go take a cup of coffee, do whatever you need to do, come back, and you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how the patient, so naturally, on this particular case, that uh, on the right side was number 32, uh, 31, was, had a distal buckle f- uh, fracture, and and wasn't stable. Now, you had one, Jeremy, I, I haven't tried this, back in the day, where you can put it, you can add to that, because I needed, I needed to do that. But my thing was, is I, w- I went to the front, stabilized it with the canines, I added. That was my first point of contact. There was about a millimeter or two. Went ahead, used the leaf gauge, created my vertical, used mm-hmm. my restorative adhesive, placed a composite, and immediately she was able to respond. Why? Because no longer was she coming in straight, Lateral of the non-working interference already removed because you had the anterior, you know-
0: I mean, the so, so essentially you created a more harmonious occlusion, as they say in the textbooks, by uh, removing the posterior quote unquote interference uh, so that so that, that tooth was no longer uh, taking all the brunt of the uh, parafunctional forces. And then you, you, you created, uh, you you recreated some form of anterior guidance, right? That's
1: it. That's it. That's it. Interior. And I use the canines now. Bring it back again to the nothological Is what's the beautiful thing about it? All I got, all I got to do is worry about the canines in back for you know equal contact. And for the interiors, what the, the purpose, the, the function of the interiors are there for disclusion. They're not they're not completely touching. They're 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 ready and set for disclusion. So as soon as you move, you for boom, you get disclusion. Left and right, you get disclusion. That creates a liver three system. It's the least Mm -hmm. Mechanical offensive Right there it is Anytime you have A posterior interference That's a class 1 That's a seesaw You have the joint Mm -hmm. And the muscle They're going to be sore And especially Remember Have you ever seen A a patient comes in And they have wear in the canines And you wonder Why they're wearing The canines You know This happens at night Sleeping postures So if you Mm see, If you're a left side sleeper You're going to put Your head like this Your jaw goes this way And you're going to wear this What's going to happen This joint is going to be the the painful one, that molar back here is going to be your fulcrum, like, you know, your number 14, 15. And you're going to see canine wear on the opposite side. Now, if that person toss and turn, you're going to see on both. And what's beautiful, I have documented cases that patients in the back, you barely see a little bit of wear in the front. Because I'll ask them, are are you, the teeth are very revealing. Let me put it this way. The teeth are very revealing. They'll tell you how stressed they are and everything. Just think about it because you know, uh-huh. we're using it 24 seven those teeth and so forth. So leading leading to to the not uh, but before, is-
0: before you before you progress on the enough, I just want to make a point that I actually posted a, an Instagram story, maybe a, a few months ago. Uh, and it was just like my, my nurse who's been working with me for almost two years now in this practice, so I joined just post pandemic. Uh, or just middle of the pandemic, I guess. Uh, and she's been amazed uh, exactly at that finding that you suggested whereby you can predict the sleeping posture of, of a patient based on the wear patterns on the teeth. So uh, uh, my success rate in, in, in getting this right is about yeah, 95%. So you would think that if I guessed left or right, it'd be 50%, right? But it's that 95%. And even then I think some patients just get their left and right confused, really. And I know and I actually know which how they sleep and they they, they might start one way, but in the middle of the night, they go to the other way. So essentially, if they're got more or where on the right side, they're probably sleeping on their left and they're grinding away from the mattress too. And it's amazing. When you start picking these things up, it's, it's, the patients start getting freaked out yeah, like, yeah. how did you know that? Are you enjoying the Protrusive Dental Podcast? Well, allow me to deliver you even more value. You can now download the iOS or Play Store app Nothing. We worked so hard on this, protrusive team, and I know you're just gonna love it.
1: Now back to the main episode. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then you just tell, and you just tell your, your significant other. Now, if, if that patient comes in and you have an issue, because a lot of time, you know, a lot of time, eighty percent of the issues with the muscle, it's all muscle induced and so forth. We don't have to do a lot of stuff, you know. Um, mm-hmm. What? Well, and that's another stuff you don't have to do. But you educate the patient, you know you take a walk to oxygenate you 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 give them a, a little deprogrammer on the front it doesn't matter what if the cotton roll you can put a cotton roll. you can use anything <laughs> yep, uh, warm compress yep. and sleep on the other side and have your your mate sleep on the other because you don't sleep facing each other right so you tell him you, tell him you sleep on the other side right yeah <laughs> so anyway so yeah and and so you know, going back to to, to the um, as far as the sch- yeah the, the occlusal scheme is, I only have to worry from the canines back, so that's beautiful. I don't have to worry about you know getting this perfect. Don't get me wrong. I mean, don't get me wrong. You want to have a and, and I I can show you. I'll share videos later on. And you yeah, can show yeah, it there, but yeah, sure, whenever you want. You, you can you can you take the, you take the uh, articulating paper and once you do the canine guidance. You slide; it just you automatically create that coupling and that minute disclusion or no contact that is necessary. Because just think about it: if you put all the teeth together, it is hard. If you have a little interference, the mesial incline of the upper one against this one, a little, it's going to push you forward. And guess what happened? Teeth are going to spade. Your lower teeth are going to be sensitive. So it's important. It's important to have that little neutrality, that, that little space in there because we're not perfect, that inevitably we have that mesial drifting. When we're born and teeth set up, we have a mesial drifting. That with, mm-hmm. with the, the teeth are not perfectly, nobody's walking with CRNs and, and MIP equally, no one it is. So inevitably mm-hmm. you're gonna keep going forward and you get this thing like this. What's beautiful is when you get mobile teeth and you add to the canines and so forth, is how things start tightening up, hygiene improves, it's insane. Now this is not um, and I'll lead slowly to the to, to 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 the canines. Um, my thing through my process of Peter Dawson and all that, you know, they said okay. Oh, I remember Tanaka Terry Tanaka, a great incredible. If anybody wants to go see him, for the guy's insane. But I remember he's saying that um, don't ever make non-working interference adjustments when you mount them unless you have canine guidance, and it makes so it makes so much sense because you've been too aggressive. You know, anytime you start cutting away mm-hmm. without having interior protection, you're cutting away teeth, tooth structure. So that stuck in my head. That stuck in my head. Two, when I, with Bill McCorris, with the leaf gauge, you know, he, he's a big leaf gauger, and uh, he's the one that made it popularized. And, and now, 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 unfortunately, you know, Peter, when Peter Dawson uh, passed away, they're starting to use it a little bit more in their camps. Spears uses it. You know, one thing when they it, say it's up, a great tool. I'm, I'm, a, i am mean,
0: been a huge fan of uh, leaf cages for about six years myself now. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's great.
1: You know, and p- when people say to me, you know, people, oh, you're going to uh, uh, posteriorize uh, the, the joint or that. the collar. Distalize the collar. You can. Or whatever, yeah. You can, unless pass the relaxed length of the inferior lateral pterygoid, that's as far as you'll go. You can't go mm-hmm. any further than that. And all Cluster, those-
0: things- the, the vector, the, the masseter and temporalis, the, the anterior temporalis, the, the vector that is made, it, it won't allow your condyle to go all the way back. Now, in a, in a very deep class two, div two, you're probably a little bit mechanically disadvantaged there. So you just got to be a bit careful, right? But um, yeah, on the whole, in most cases, it's very safe to use. And for a lot of dentists, what they tell me is that their occlusion, their journey in occlusion became a lot easier. And they were able to to progress in their journey once they were able to get a leaf gauge. Because a lot of dentists, when they're starting to think full mouth, they really stumble on, you know, the looser gauge and then checking then verifying the contacts. Sometimes uh, CR is like what Ian Buckle teaches, one of my, um, he teaches Dill Dawson in the UK. So he's, he's, he's a buddy of mine, a really fantastic dentist, great communicator. And he says, uh, centric relation uh, is like playing golf, okay? You're never going to get a hole in one every time, okay? With, with the leaf cage, you get like 90% there, right? And then you get your temporaries, and then you get a little bit closer, and then finally you get it uh, in, in the hole, basically, okay? So the leaf cage is, is, is that first swing that gets you almost there. And sometimes you get fully there uh, if the patient's relaxed enough. But if there's few engrams in there, muscles are upset, it still gets you closer to where you need
1: to be would you would you agree with that oh my god 100 percent. and and here's the thing going back to the diagnosis and the muscles now you know and the engrams you, you mentioned is you know naturally we have this neural stimulation that we our muscles develop this this pattern and with the leaf with the leaf is like you say you separate the posterior teeth and they in the 80s with williamson and so forth they showed that uh, you you don't shut down, but you reduce the electrical component of the mass of the mediatorical, you you know, you climb down and so forth. But what you're also doing too, is you loading the joint, right? You loading, by putting everything in the front, you're loading the joint, you're testing that joint. Is there Mm -hmm. any inflammation? Is that capsule on the lateral side and everything? And I wanna say one little thing about the the, uh, joint, because I'm a geek, I wanna share this with everybody. Let's remember that the capsule is made of dense fibrous connective tissue. And what that means, is, it, it has mesenchymal cells and it has the ability to reshape, re, reform itself. All we have to do is create the right environment. So what do we do? We do the diagnosis and then we create the environment. Okay, so that's the patient has uh, a dislocated disc and so forth. You put the leaf gauge, within a minute or two they're crying. You take cotton rolls, put it in the back because remember this, the center point Of here is the first molar the first what's the first tooth that comes in in the permanent it's the first molar that is the that is that creates that is your center point that creates your guidance and mixed dentition your guidance is your first molar anything Mm -hmm. back of the first molar you're decompressing the joint and I don't care what people say you can decompress with my experience of 30 years I put something back there that feel better it's good, right? <laughs> and, and if I put anything in the front anterior to that, you're loading the joint. Okay? And yeah. and if it, a lot of times it's the muscle to go or the inferior the lateral tergo, the inferior head tergo that is tight. That is tight. And what you do is it releases it, 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 it releases. What you when have it to releases. do mm-hmm. is releases. What you have to do is be patient with the leaf gauge, especially if somebody has come to as symptomatic and so forth, is you pump that muscle, you pump the five five uh, five to six seconds like Rocco Botto said there's something magical about six seconds pumping and release pumping and release that makes up muscle finalize the contraction you know it, it releases and so mm-hmm. if we understand the disc the disc, it's like man we do not need to go surgically in there just provide the right environment okay so somebody has this problem however take the full appliance here's the other thing you take a full mouth guard I, it, I don't care whether the segment or just the full up, up appliance create the most pivot in the back. Don't go, don't, don't go, in other words, don't bring the jaw forward. If You bring the jaw forward, you got two parts out of position. You got the jaw forward and you got the disc out of position. You got two parts. I don't want to mess with that. Mm-hmm. Stay home, just decompress it, wait, monitor that patient, monitor that patient so that the pivot is in the back, nothing's in the front. And I'm telling you, the younger that patient is, you get remodeling of that disc, and it's beautiful. And then you can rock and roll. Then, you, you know, a lot of times they need ortho. That's the other thing is, we don't utilize ortho that much. Orthodontics mm-hmm. is underutilized, and it's, it's unfortunate. But that's the thing about the, the the disc, that I want to make sure is if everybody can get that. Pay attention to the disc. All you have to do is make your diagnosis, and then it doesn't matter what appliance you use. Psychology, well, I use this appliance all the time. And in my mind, I said, hmm, really? A a, a lot of the studies, Carlos, that
0: are done on appliance type and and, and generally TMD and uh, conservative care, giving you know educating the patient, home therapies, analgesics, and occlusal appliance, physiotherapy, they all show consistently eighty percent plus success rates, and it's not so dependent on the appliance type. So I completely agree with you. A lot of appliances will you know just disrupt the system, disrupt the neural links, uh, and help the muscles heal. And it's great that you mentioned the muscles because yes, we talk about the disc, but the superior lateral pterygoid attaches into that disc. So a lot of the issues are, are, are muscular based. So once we can calm those lateral pterygoid superior inferior down, then the, the disc has an ability to to potentially
1: return to where it wants to be. Yeah. Rem- remember the disc sits here in the front, the disc here gets a superior head lateral pterygoid is the top, right? And the posterior you have the bilaminal zone, the elastic connective tissue. And it's meant to go, you know, it, it, it is a component that goes down and back and so forth. When you're treating like TMD, you you're treating you you're targeting the inferior lateral pterygors. It's the lateral pterygoids that you're you're trying to get. Those are the ones. Those are those are the mm-hmm. those are the only muscles that is They are the troublemakers. Yeah, they're the <laughs> troublemakers. That, and that's what you have to gear your, your therapy. And so if you understand this this mechanics, and the mechanics is very simple. I just everybody knows. put here something, you load the joint. You put something back here, you decompress. You make your diagnosis however you make it. If it's a joint problem, Target your therapy to be in the back. If it's mm-hmm. muscle, target your you, your therapy to be for that, and that's it. And it doesn't, you know, people say, "Oh, use something." Well, use one, use one orthotic, and based on that, you make the adjustments. And remember, mm-hmm. the joint always trumps the muscles; it always is. What mm-hmm. happens is you get a whole, a combination here and there. But what happens is in a true joint uh, that I've seen in my cases and everything, when in doubt, start in the back. When in doubt, on your appliance, start in the back. And then then what's gonna happen is if your appliance is too thick, the interior portion of the temporalis is gonna say, hmm, it's gonna you're gonna find out this. And then two, the massive mediators are gonna are gonna be tight. But you can load the joint and it's gonna be fine. Then you say, Mrs. Jones, I got you covered. Now we're going to move everything to the front, you use the same one, you cut the back, you put the front it say go home, come back and say oh, that was pretty good, there you go. So
0: essentially, just to make it very tangible for for listeners watchers, uh, in this primary joint patient, you uh, decompress the joint, use uh, an appliance that is uh, thicker or or more involved posteriorly than anteriorly, until you get the joints to make some sort of healing and then you uh, convert it to to provide some sort of anterior guidance uh, to relax the muscles. So as you said,
1: joints first then then muscles but and i'm sorry to interrupt jazz but on the posterior what you have to do is use one the most posterior tooth the palatal most posterior use that as as you pivot so in other words what's going to happen is is you're going to use the maxillary so the bottom you're going to use an upper appliance most likely I, i i use lower appliance for i i use pivot but if you say for example if i was somebody came with tmj I use a full appliance. I want to make sure that the most buckle functional castle of the bottom one just hits my top, the posterior just one little point right there. And just skate on that. All you want to do, mm-hmm. and you don't want anything, you don't want anything in the front because anytime you hit anything in the front, you load in the joint and you're gonna put pressure on the joint.
0: Wow. That's this why- This reminds me, we had uh, Dr. Andy Toy, in episode, I think it was 38 or 40, we talked about the PGO, posterior guided occlusion. So it's very similar, the concept of the PGO appliance to what you're saying, just those of my listeners who remember that episode, very similar, and I use the PGO appliance occasionally for primary joint patient, but it's great that you, that you say that. Uh, in the interest of uh, moving forward, um, Carlos, anything you wanna to add to this before we now talk about uh, additive equilibration?
1: Yeah, that's, so, um- no, no, because that, 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 we can get in another world. Now, in my evolution with nathology and, and so forth was I started noticing, you know, how am I going to treat these patient, patients that I have wearin kitchen, people that come in? And so when Tanaka said, don't do non-working interference and so forth, and then Dr. Bill he's you know, using the leaf gauge, I said to myself, well, first what I did was I started putting composite where it was worn down. That's, that was my first thing without using the lift gauge, and it was a failure, it was a flop why because i didn't have a reference point i didn't know my vertical i would just add it the patient would come back It would knock it off it didn't feel, it, it was a mess but i didn't give up i didn't give up and then i had an epiphany so well, why don't you use the leaf gauge the first point of contact says ah that's naturally there you know that it's a natural point is and then i evaluated the interior overjet i started evaluating and this i just started slowing. it makes sense you know this way too much like this, it's going to be an ortho case. That was another thing, and I, I know I'm going fast. I had this lady four or five years in ortho. Poor thing. She comes to me, and she goes, um, can you, you know, I've been in four years. Um, I want to get my teeth corrected and so forth. Can you help me? So I put the leaf gauge. You know, she's already like this. She went boom like that and i said dear you're a surgical case exactly <laughs> <Yes>. you're a surgical <laughs> <Same> case <time. laughs> so yeah. i called the orthodontist i, I called you i said you know what you've done i know that but you know if you really want to you want to present it in such a way if you wanted this this is going to be orthodontics just remove everything and let's fit let's figure this thing out okay here's a little tip pearl no one can afford uh afford, you know correct this what you do is use plastic use a segmental appliance and at night you create your ramp so that when you sleep you get exclusion. I learned that one from, mm-hmm. my, from my course. So not everyone has to be crippled and 24-7 use your posterior teeth. So if somebody's like this, you stabilize the back and I, I know I'm jumping. Uh, you so use just
0: to make, because you're doing visuals and it's one of my audio listeners. if someone has a very large overjet uh, in their uh, centric relation, so if they got a very large horizontal slide, uh, how would you, yeah, how would you, with, with issues and who may not be able to it's not the right time in their life to consider
1: surgery what are you suggesting for that patient? Just make it make from 6 through 11 making a, a segment of 6 through eleven a little plastic splint and antio- 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 so antio- t- yes and you create your ramp then and you just adjust it and that's it but that's for that but that's for
0: nocturnal use only right that's for sleep use that's for nocturnal use you, only yeah right uh, yeah 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 because yeah
1: yeah nocturnal not during the day because you know what how many times do the the, the the teeth if we use our teeth as functionally intended, in, in we will need it during the day. We don't, their teeth don't come together only when you swallow, In for don't. So, so you really don't- well, that Those the patients
0: who have, who are parafunctioning because they are clenching, grinding, things that they shouldn't be doing. So
1: no, we're, we're very much cut from the same cloth. I, I completely agree. What I do in some of those cases is I'll, I'll do tell them, use it for about an hour or so in the afternoon. Uh, dependent you you get the segmental appliance but you have to make sure you adjust it to the vertical the posterior don't leave them open because some people love this thing and if you wear 24 7 guess what the posterior teeth are gonna super erupt so make sure you have you know you work out the occlusal scheme on that so canines I had no success with just adding then I had an, an epiphany using the leaf gauge so there that's where everything just changed Got in my leaf gauge find my first point of contact, evaluate my horizontal...
0: Can you, you know, uh, Carlos, I I mean, I I just want to stop you because um, I'm loving the... So now we're talking about a journey of additive equilibration and uh, a common question, again, I get is when you're using the leaf gauge. and and Carlos, I mean, you're so advanced in your journey now that you've been doing so many years, Uh, the the beginner dentist, the, the first stumbling point they get, believe it or not, Carlos, is... How do, how do I know how many leaves to use, right? And I'm like, it doesn't matter, just stick enough in to disclude the posterior teeth. D- 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 there's no magic answer, it depends on obviously the skeletal uh, stuff, but just put enough in to disclude the posterior teeth. Is there any guidance that you want to give on uh, uh, that? Yes, uh, I'll, gi-
1: I'll give you a couple tips, yes. G- 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 that's very good. This. So depending on which one you buy, the they're, they're 0.1 millimeter in thickness, each one is supposed to be 0.1. So you know, 10 is supposed to be a millimeter. With that said, is arbitrarily, arbitrarily you select the the amount. I usually go from 20 to 25. That's my my starting point. Usually 20 depends on on the going to Now you put them, you you have not put them in, you have them slide forward, slide back, just just to just to keep it in place, and then you're gonna have them squeeze for si- five seconds, relax for six seconds. Why? Because you're you're if if the inferior hypoglossal is tense you're going to start, you're going to working on, on, you're working on that, on the inferior helada pterygoid.
0: It, it's, it's the masseters uh, and temporis and medial pterygoid that are contracting, which then should give the cue to the lateral pterygoids to say, hey, you, you guys aren't needed here. You guys need to relax.
1: To relax. Yes. Yeah. Um, w- when I think of the leaf cage, because I'm always, I'm, I, I'm, I'm thinking of the inferior helada pterygoid, but yes. Um you, 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 the electrical activity of anterior temporalis, masseter, medial is slowing down, and then also the inferior head lateral pterygoid is it, also relaxed. Because remember, the inferior head works opposite of the superior head. As if the inferior head contracts, the superior head relaxes to allow the disc to come forward and back. But anyways, mm. so you do that. Now, what's going to happen? Here's the pearl. After five minutes, let's let's assume you use it for five. Let's say you, you five minutes. The patient is in the leaf cage. Go and look. I tell them, if you feel contact in the back, add some more leaf gauge. Because my experiences have told me that what happens is, yeah, the as the inferior hypotergo is relaxed and the condyle sits, you get uh, the posterior contact more, more, more noticeable as
0: the condyle is seating further, distalizing. Right. Uh, not not dist- Distalizing is the wrong word. That's
1: like no, it's like it just seating.
0: It's just the lateral pterygoids rela- seating, seating. It's like, seating. It's sitting,
1: it's going home. It's, it's, it's getting yeah, home. Yeah. The door is open, it's uh, getting uh, home. Uh, <laughs> it's, but, so that's yeah. important because <laughs> what happens is that if you're too quick with the leaf, now, if somebody's not having any pain and so forth yeah within five minutes but but if you if, if you have somebody suspecting uh, muscle problems and you really want to work on this mounting the case and so forth then my thing is pay attention to the thickness after five minutes if the patient is not hitting in the back and go back and check 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 with the articulating paper that your foot doesn't here and oh, it's I'm, all I'm not hitting at all you go back there they are hitting right, mm-hmm. so go back and check I like to look in there, it's, it's, it's like a game before I start. It's like a game, you know. So I think it's, this patient is gonna hit on the left side first, you know, or depending on the rotation. So I make it a game for me, because which one's gonna be the first point <laughs> of contact. But here's the thing is, after five minutes, check and see, make sure there's no clearance. Now, once you have the first there's point no, of
0: contact. Make sure there's no contact, make sure there is sufficient posterior clearance. Exactly, just yeah, yeah. so
1: posterior clearance. So muscles are quiet, everything is good. You look at the canines. And then that's why you have to make. For me, four millimeters is the maximum for the novice, for the novice people that I'm going to start adding composite. But let me also regress a little bit with, with the leaf gauge. For those that are don't feel comfortable and you want to get in there, there's nothing wrong with the patient. Put the leaf gauge, get behind the patient like Peter Dawson has said. And then just get a feel for it and get used, have the to, have, have to assistant hold it and you get a feel. And, and, and that that's how I developed my sense of manipulating the joint because I remember going to Peter Dawson over there, you know, romancing the joint and so forth. You know, you need a talented dentist and you need a patient that's very cooperative. When the leaf gauge yeah, came yeah. on board, I used both of them. And then now, you know, it's just a leaf gauge. Oh, sometimes... You can get them right. I, I'm not going to go there, but you can get somebody in there. Because remember, centric, what is centric relation? It's a muscle-induced position. You don't put the patient in centric relation. They go there. The inferior heladotraco has to relax, and wherever the condyle goes, that's centric relation now the question I think, is: i think
0: pascal manier uses the term uh passive deprogrammation so it has to be passive like you you cannot lead them there you cannot for definitely not force them there it's a the muscle that will them them there
1: centriculation there. a centriculation should not be forced. Not, it's a muscle induced you get the teeth out of the way with the leaf gauge the inferior head relaxes you're home and wherever that that condyle is that's where it is you know people get oh talking about the joint and everything well uh, uh, you know, it's an anterior, posterior. I don't care where it is. I don't need as long as I know that I'm there and, it's, and I can load it and everything, that's all I care about, my clinical part. And so forth. So, you're so right. One of my mentors, uh, Michael Mokas, he says that you know we get
0: very, very worked out about you know exactly the the you know the seven o'clock, twelve o'clock, all that kind of stuff. Position, w- 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 you know, the only way you can verify is by getting a scalpel and, and cutting and then peeling it back and saying, ah, I'm there. No one's gonna do that. So therefore, you go with your signs from the muscles, and, and again, it's your first records you're taking. You have an ability to verify and and uh,
1: refine in the future. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so. You know, with the leaf gauge, that that would I be? Don't, don't, don't be afraid to use it. Uh, You're not going to cause. And and here's the thing. And I'm going to give another tip. If the patients as you're using the leaf gauge, you tell the patient, Mrs. Jones, I'm going to put this deprogram on the front. This is what's going to happen. You're going to feel some tightness. What they do? They're going to feel some tightness. It's going to be okay after five or six minutes. It's going to go away. If it doesn't, usually if it's a TMJ or capsulitis, within three or four minutes. They won't like it. They hate it. And then, and then, what you do? Because Mister Jones, you know what? Okay, I got you covered. Take cotton rolls immediately. Put them in the back. Don't have them squeeze. Just relax. And guess what? Pain goes away. Now you just make the diagnosis. You got you got some mm-hmm. some type of capsulitis, synovitis, muscle, and treat that first before you go doing your you know measure twice, cut once, and and, and you <laughs> and, and you work with that. So. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so you, you 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 use. I'm trying. Let,
0: to... let, let's just you, you you describe the leaf gauge beautifully. So I think a lot of people got value from that. It's a very common question I get, Carlos. Now, um, let's talk about. You have a generalized wear case, maybe, uh, and you are using your. You know, done your diagnosis. You have got your leaf gauge in. You feel as though okay, I'm gonna start adding to the canines here, as you're gonna say to to recreate some sort of uh, anterior guidance, some coupling anteriorly. Do you have the leaf gauge in place as you are doing your your bonding, or do you get a, a wax up first? I, th- I feel as so you, you do a lot of freehand stuff, you know,
1: t- tell us your workflow. Yes. Yeah, so let me, let me, let me walk you through the procedure. So the first thing we'll, we'll go ahead. And of course, depending uh, after six, the patient has to leave gauge, find my first point of contact. That takes time. That takes time to find the first point of contact. And that's critical because if you get, sometimes when I get a little bit too quick and everything, and if I don't pay attention to that, then I'm having to adjust a lot. So Pay attention to the first point of contact and once you got that nail in and everything you look at the vertical you look at the horizontal and then it's going to be a sub. then you do your restorative protocol i i use i'm a fourth generation optibon a micro xc canines i micro etch it so uh, that's ed- air abrasion air abrasion yes yes sir air abrasion
0: edge this is again this is with the leaf gauge in place or is this is just you no no no, no, no. this is take- out this is how, but okay. I don't
1: have them close to The uh, I don't yeah, have so they the cannot, cannot teeth together again because of the muscles. No, have been no, because then reprogram. you activate everything. Right? No, you activate everything. No, you have to. You stick your hand in there and you work with your assistant. But you don't have them closed down. You don't do that. Once you have, you've done your setting up. Your your restorative your teeth. You've got them prepared, edge prime bond H bond. Here's the key, is what I'll I'll do then is I'll take a piece of plastic, this is the most expensive part, I'll take a piece of plastic, lay it over, when I put the composite, I'll put the composite, put the plastic over it, like that, and then I put my leaf gauge on top of that, have the patient, now, here's another pearl, have the patient bite on their back teeth, because... In everybody, if you say bite down, they'll go forward, they'll go back, what have yeah, you? Yeah, practice, mm-hmm. practice. Like Re- have rehearse a CR and coaching, coaching. You have to coach your patient. Coaching, guiding, through coaching. Now, I also use cotton rolls. I have three cotton rolls. Buckle and each side, and on the lingual, I'll bend it and I'll put the cotton roll just to try to contain the moisture. Then I'll put this, put the leaf gauge. Have the patient bite on your back teeth. Imagine biting on your back teeth. They're gonna bite down. Leaf gauge on. Plastic in place. My assistant's gonna come in and light cure it. Boom, boom, light cure.
0: Now, but just to just to verify, because I'm kind of seeing where this is going. Because I'm trying to visualize this way of doing it. Because it's, 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 it's new exposure to me. Just this exact way of doing it. Usually, I'm led by a wax up and stuff. So I appreciate the the free hand, the the a the complexities of it. But b I'm loving where it's going. So, but uh, you you you're not adding com or you're not planning to add composite where you'll have the leaf. Get- this is we're talking spe- specifically the canines here, right? That's the canines.
1: Just the canines.
0: Just, Just canine. the canines. Okay. And, and, then, and the piece of plastic, you know, for the guys to describe it at home, it's like a it's like thick cling film. It's like, it's like clear mylar. It's like a piece of wrapper. It's like a,
1: a candy wrapper or something. Just <laughs> a very thin, <laughs> clear plastic. Yeah. That's the most expensive part. Okay, okay. It takes a lot. Of-
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you do you have composite on both the upper and lower canines? Like an uncured? Good hill. question.
1: Yes. It varies. Usually, let's assume in an easy case. The, the overjet is not that great, so I'll just use the, I Most of the time, 80% of the time, I'm just adding to the lower ones. Very seldom mm-hmm. I'll add to the linguals of the posterior, unless you have a really steep, you know, a big overjet. All right? So most of, let mm-hmm. say 70%, 80%, I'm, all, all the actions is on 22 and 27, just the canines. Those are the canines. Are, that's it. So what happens is, and, and,
0: and the 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 reason for using the the wrapper is so that the upper and lower composites don't stick together. It's just some spacer. Oh, that's a yeah, right. and,
1: and also for saliva control. Even though try to control yep. my, my my environment, so I don't want saliva getting all over. So what this does okay. uh, is it protects. Uh, it doesn't allow the saliva to get in there. Okay, mm-hmm. it minimizes. Okay, okay. Let me let me put it this way. It minimizes the contamination of, of composite. I know I know there's people that does it without this plastic thing. Um mm-hmm. I, I like the plastic and and however you want to do it. Let me put it this way. But the yeah, key is this, yeah, yeah, yeah. now here's the other pearl, is based on the thick on the first point of contact, the vertical, that's how much composite you're gonna use in the front. So you don't have to put this glob in there. So say for example you have about a millimeter. Just think about a millimeter, millimeter of composite. Now, also pay attention of how the canine is, because just the same thing is, is you you don't want to put say if if you put it on the distal side of the of of the canine, it's going to push your jaw forward. If, if you put it on the musy, on the bottom one, so pay attention to the position of the canine where you need to put the, the composite. That's another, pay mm-hmm, attention. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. when in doubt, just put it over, use the cassie instrument. That casting instrument becomes so easy. Just put it in, left, right, left, right. Put the plastic, bite down, like cure. Now, when you remove it, you're going to see a blob of material and you're going to see a little edge on the side. Before you do anything, dry it up, put some flowable composite, put a little bit of flowable composite. Then, if you've done your homework and it's, and you've done your vertical correctly, have the patient bind down and what the patient's going to feel, I'll tell the patient, Mrs. Jones, as we do this procedure, when you first close, you're going to feel two boulders. I'll tell them, you feel two boulders in there. You got two rocks in there. Now, we're going to go in the back and see how it is. So, if you've done your homework, you take that and check in the back and you still have the first point of contact which is usually the mesial incline of the top of one against the distal incline of the lower one. That pushes you forward, okay? So I'll go back there and I'll adjust it. And guess what? Everything drops back.
0: Okay, so you're adjusting, you're,
1: are you adjusting the posterior interference? The first point of contact of interference. Now, some mm-hmm. people are gonna say, oh my God, that's heresy. He has mounted the you know, mounted the case and what is gonna happen in that. My experience of 15, 10, you know, what I've been doing this, I've yet to cut any, anything. So, you know, for those that don't feel comfortable, that's fine. But what I'll do is I'll adjust that. And then what happens is the jaw drops back. It just drops mm-hmm, back a little mm-hmm, bit. Mm-hmm. And, and you say, Mr. Joe, how does that feel? He goes, well, oh, that feels pretty good. They still feel kind of a little heavy. And then what you do is you come in and you just shape it. You just reshape it, reshape it, make sure because you, you don't want it because of the plastic, it gives you some irregularities. So just shape it. Polish it up. So you're using just soft like discs and that kind of stuff, right? It's however right. you want to do it. Yeah, however you want to do it. Now, this is interesting. I will probably say 40% of the cases, this is crazy. Once I adjust this, everything, because remember, the muscles are like your shock absorbers. Everything's reset us, And a lot of time, guess what? Catches, 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 catches. Catch everything is balanced out. anterior because I have the spacing, I already have my right boom, you're ready to go. I mean, you're, you're, it, it's it, it's amazing. It, it is amazing. Other cases, now here's it. Other cases, you'll get a unilateral, everything is contact, and you get an opening here, right? Unless you have bridges mm-hmm. and so forth. That's different. But, but I tell the patients, okay, I'm going to have you come back in two weeks. I usually follow them up in two, four, and eight. By then, by the eighth week, if one tooth has not settling, you choose what you want to do. You can put composite, you can or just leave it alone. You, you can leave it alone. You know, one, one tooth may not. Now what happens is you may ask... I mean, well, J-
0: J- Carlos, just to complete the visualization here, you're sending the patient home now. So compared to their preoperative state, you're sending them home with uh, four canines, uh, polished... Four and or, up, or two, um, four or two, not, not four all the time. Or two, yes. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. Four or two, you haven't yet done anything to the incisors. Uh, and other than maybe just uh, gently adjusting the posterior first point of contact, you haven't really done much to the posteriors. So this is kind of like we spoke about on zoom about this before. This is kind of like the start of a DAL concept, DAL technique. Uh, and then when you see them again at two, four
1: and, and eight weeks, you said, what are you checking for? And what's the next steps from there? So what I'll do is the following is I'll check, I'll document and say, okay, let's, 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 here's the worst scenario, one scenario, just canine guidance and I'm not getting anything. There's space in between them, okay? That can happen if you don't pay attention to the first CR. So what I tell the patient a lot of times is I'm going to put you in a diet. I'm going to tell them, I'm going to put you in a diet because they're going to be hitting on the canines, right? So you're going to go home, you're going to go on a diet. I've only had one patient that came back and says, Carlos, you got to, you got to take this thing down. And I did, one page, and I remember that. But most of the time, you tell them, Mrs. Jones, you're going to go. And and what's interesting, too, is within 48 hours, uh, maybe maybe three days at most, everything is, it feels fantastic. So sometimes when they walk out by the office, because when they come back, they'll say, yeah, Carlos, as soon as I left, I felt good. But, so I'll tell the patient, you're going to feel the boulders, you're, you're, you're going to leave, you're going to come back. And when, when I come back, I'm documenting really well where, they con- where, they, they feel the, where the space is and where the contact is. So let's assume there's no contact at all. In two weeks, they come back. They may say, oh, I feel a little bit snug here. A little snug.
0: Usually very posteriorly. Usually the second molars, is first molars, right? Three sure. molars would probably be
1: the last ones. Yeah, so I'll feel, feel that. Now, what I'll do is this. This is subjective. If it's very pronounced, because depending on the is, and it's a or measuring kind of the upper, there's distal, I may take it off. I may. I may remove it. If not, just leave it alone. Okay, check the other ones. Then i come back, like I said, in, in a month from there. So it'll be two, four, and eight. Then you may, on the other side, pick up contact. Why? Because of the dog principle. Things, things will go mm-hmm. to the path that's least resistant. The only thing that will keep you from teeth coming together is what? It's your cheek, your, your tongue, and a non-working interference. Sometimes a non-working mm-hmm. interference, that can that can hold that tooth in place. Or there's Mm -hmm. a study that was done a long time ago uh, because of, um, somebody told me, because of growth hormones, when you stop at a certain age, growth hormones can have a change, but that's besides the point. But, so, you're monitoring the the self-equilibration that is occurring. And at the end of four four months, uh, uh, four weeks, then what you're going to do is figure out if everything is stable, do I need to add sometimes you just leave the patient alone my my case have been this is it's insane like half half of my cases uh and so forth they're within two weeks by the by by the fourth second visit they're balanced now what you do have to pay attention to is how far how fast they wear these canines because this is not mm-hmm. a procedure mm-hmm. that is done at one time depending on the patient just like you worn down you know nothing is is more stronger than you enamel so you have to tell Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones, this is not a a one-time deal. And you know what's beautiful? After three or f- two or three or four years, you say, Mrs. Jones, you know, you want this canine? Goes, I'm ready. Let's let's put some more canine. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to sell this. yeah. let's, uh, let's uh, do uh, it. Uh, uh. Now that's for a certain population. So just to just to re- rewind here, uh, for this
0: group of patients, essentially you have done utilized the dial technique, right? Essentially, these patients have dialed in, uh, there was a, probably a degree of uh, further joint seating that assisted you as well uh, in this case, and uh, the dial effect taking place. Uh, and then when you actually achieve those posterior contacts, Here's something that's not um, is seldom discussed with the DAL technique. And there's a, there's a guy called Professor Riaz Yar, uh, one of my mentors in the UK, he, um, Carlos. He's doing some amazing research behind the DAL. Like, he's um, doing the module, he's doing a T scan at the time of DAL uh, placement, and then he's following up every month and doing a new T scan, uh, a new module, and he's seeing exactly which teeth at what interval come together, what percentage. Like, it's amazing the level of research he's going into in this. So I, I cannot wait to, 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 to. I know you'll appreciate this as well, uh, but 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 here's a question for you: Is that as the teeth are coming into contact posteriorly, are you worried about the quality of the contacts? Are you worried that okay, there is a, an incline contact here, uh, or you want me to tell you the truth? Yeah. I, I'm going to be honest. No. Okay. Yeah. And, and and you know what? That's what a lot of my colleagues tell me as well, because they, and I know what you're going to say next. You're going to say, as long as they still have smooth anterior guidance, canine initiated guidance, anterior, uh, the, the posterior, um, the the way they come together, as long as there is a contact is, is good enough. Is Would you say that's uh, the, the philosophy that you follow?
1: Yes. Um, and then, and if your concern is, you know, with mythology, we believe in tripodizing and so forth. Tripodizing, you know, and... Um, you know when you look at centric relation and tripodizing, that's in, in an ideal so ideal world where you you can have no non you know interference free occlusion and a talented clinician. You know teeth teeth are uh, very variable; they change in everything. But what I will well do, and I think you, you had a uh, mark one of the uh, um not not an or child in here a while back. But what I'll do is I'll put a little bit of composite at the floor at, at the base of the fossa. So if there's if I need a little contact, I'll just add a little bit of flowable composite, and that's a to create, create a little bit of stability. What I look for mm-hmm. a lot is the non-working interferences when they go left to right. And remember, and you know this when you do, when you check you for non-working interference, don't go have the patient go like, this, like that. No, what you do is you go out and you put pressure to come back. You go uh-huh, on uh-huh. and you put pressure because that's why you're activating the mass or the media pterygoid. When you go like this, absolutely. When you tell the patient just grind left and right, they won't
0: recreate what they're maybe doing in parafunctional uh, at their worst. So yes, get them to do it with force.
1: And also, when they get stuck, when they feel locked in, you 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 guide them.
0: Yeah, yeah. you yeah. got to You got to get the masseter
1: involved because when you clench and grind, it's the mass of the meteor pterygoid. Those are the mm. bulldogs. Those are the ones that are destructive. Those are the ones we're trying to that neutralize when we do the interior ones. We're trying to neutralize those things, you know, because they're the bad. So so this scenario, that's one. Most Another scenario is when I'm done with the additive procedure, a lot of times they're balanced. They're, they're, they're balanced. It's insane. They're balanced. Okay, go. On. I'll come back one more time and check. Uh, I'll use this to check my diagnosis of the joint. I'll use this to phase dentistry. In other words, if somebody comes in; they want interior. And I have cases, and I I, I, I would love to show them. But where well, they want interior teeth, uh, aesthetics, and so forth. Well, what I'll do is I'll go to the canines in centric relation. I'll go in a and figure out that overjet, overbite, because inevitably, if they're like this, there's something that is unless they're a true class three skeletal position. But inevitably, there's something that is pushing them forward. And it's, what, mm-hmm. what is it that, what, what, what pushed you forward? Three things. Inflammation here, inferior head pterygoid, or the mesial incline of the upper one against the distance pushing you forward. And you just slowly work your way back, you know, through your diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened when you use the canine, you're doing, you're testing the joint, right? You're loading the joint, so you're testing, mm-hmm. He's testing yep, yep. the aesthetics and phonetics, He's testing the aesthetic for him you're checking the, 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 the muscle so you're doing a lot, you're killing, you're doing a lot of work, by just confront, you know, taking care of the interior teeth
0: and everything, so. At what point do you then start restoring the laterals and incisors
1: and the lower incisors for, for aesthetic reasons? That's a good question. Now, it depends because usually I'll have patients because I do like besides the occlusion, the aesthetics part of, of dentistry. And so, and I do a lot of composite, direct composite, even though it's harder and everything, I, I enjoy it. But with that said, then I'm really rock and roll with the interiors. I'll, I'll do, you know, the lateral canine. Once I have the canines, it's up to the patient. The other thing too, is you can do phase dentistry. Once you get this stabilized, you can do the top to bottom with composite. I do a lot of composites in the front, even on a class two, div one, a railroad. I'll, I'll build up the composite first. And then on the top, I use um, Emax, Whatever, however you want to do it, um, you know that's that's a personal thing. But pick, I'll use pick your poison exactly. I'll use this to stabilize and do phase dentistry because not everybody can afford a full mouth rehab. No one can. But this way, and what's beautiful about this is it gives the patient also that sense of confidence because especially mm-hmm. when they come in with uh, symptoms here and there, and you stabilize them, and they say, Yeah, yeah, this this is we're, we're in the right direction, and then you can start building your relationship. And, and do what, you know, whatever you need to do with the patient and so forth. So with the additive equilibration, it gives me, uh, I have control and helps me in my diagnosis a lot. It really does. It really does it, and, and I think it's something it's reversible. Why? Because the patient ultimately as a clench and grind and so forth, they start adjusting it off and everything. You do have to pay attention on your recalls for the non working interferences and so forth. You do have to pay attention and so forth. But all you do is just
0: and, and what are you doing with uh, when you find non work site interferences? Are you just uh, adding more of steepness uh, into the canines, or are you happy to just uh, adjust the, the non work site interferences? And if, if so, any guidelines? To help a novice
1: dentist when they're adjusting those. Here it is. If you're a novice dentist, and I don't try what you want to be careful is make sure you have canine guidance before you make those non-working interferences, remove them. Because what happens is, is you could open up a Pandora box but start adjusting in the back without having any, a, a, any stability. So
0: you've got to make sure that the patient has enough potential for because some patients they, they, they don't even have because they have an anterior open bite or, or, or severe cross bite or whatever, they don't have the potential to have it. And therefore, you shouldn't start to, to adjust posteriorly when you haven't
1: planned that. Okay, what's going to happen anteriorly? Right. And if you don't have coupling, anterior coupling or canine mm-hmm. guidance, do not make any non-working effect. On a class two, you know, on a class two open bites and so forth. Here's one thing I'm going to also share with my experiences. I, I gave you the anterior night guard. What I've noticed, even if you don't do an anterior night guard, if you balance, and I know you have the T scan too, and I love that, it. you, you, it's, it's fantastic. But in um, the posterior, if you can balance out those the first point of contact equally, you'll be surprised how well they do it. It's not to say you don't need anterior guidance, please, please, please. But you know, just to get them, get them uh, stabilized or having issues and so forth, and you can't get it you start with with flowable composite and with this and just having bite down light cure and adjust it just balancing this back from canine back you doing that patient a lot of big service and then after that you can start planning on you know doing your restorative part crowns bridge what have you but i am now i'm not afraid to tackle class two div one posterior first stabilizing him and and then also to remember Remember what, what the mechanics of this uh, of the lower jaw, the teeth is as long as we keep the geniohyoid uh, muscle behind the canine. So that means I can go to the premolar, but as long as you're behind, you still have a class liver system three, and you can mm-hmm. use it. So you can use that as your guidance. You can use the upper first, first premolar against the lower canine as long. Remember, as long as you're you using the lower canine, the the lower canines is behind the muscle. You understand? So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. can use a premolar for guidance as long as you're know, using the canines. Uh, uh, use the canines. You're still behind the muscles behind the uh, canine, the 22 and 27. Remember that. There's a genial highway, there's a turbocall. There's a turbocall, yep, and yep, then yep. the geniohyoid is the most interior muscle that is in there that, that pulls down. Okay?
0: So so what you're saying is that you, as long as you're on lower canines, you can be on upper premolars against lower canines and a class two div one, for example, because you're still encouraging a th- class three lever uh, with the muscle. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah.
1: Now think about this. Remember, you know, this about orthodontics. I know I, I jump around all over. but. You know, when you take extractions, and that's why I'm not big in extracting uh, baby teeth for ortho, because what you're doing is you're narrowing it. Not only are you narrowing it for airspace, but mechanically, you're putting that patient at disadvantage. You're moving everything closer to the muscle. And to, that's, a, that's almost like a class two, class three system. So, you know, back in, they don't do it that much now, but the last thing you want to do is don't take teeth out and bring back. No, you want to always expand. Why class three people don't have as much problem as, as class one or class two? Because they're further away from the folk back there. Come on. it's mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so the mechanics, that's what it is. And, and if you understand that, then, then you open up. I mean, everything is just like you, you, you're not cutting this little, little thing. You, you understand the whole thing. And, and, and all it is is the mechanics, the mechanics. That's
0: all it is. Carlos, you've given us a, a, a lot to think about I loved it. Uh, no, it's been amazing. I've enjoyed this journey. Now, uh, just on a point uh, before we start talking about uh, uh, the other side of, of your uh, dentistry, the very uh, inventive side about instruments and stuff. so I'm, uh, I'm going to just uh, just uh, you know discuss with the listeners about that and tell us about some of those cool instruments and whatnot. But before we uh, get to those, I just want to check one more thing. Last question. Um, on those class two division ones, uh, increased overjet and you got your leaf gauge in and They might become. They probably will become a little bit more class two. In that case, yes, you can maybe use the upper premolars, like you said, and get some sort of a class three uh, leverage there in a way. Uh, But how do you maintain or achieve anterior coupling in those class two uh, increased overjet cases?
1: First of all, you can because because by definition you don't have a class two div one. That space is so far. So they get it copied. You have to do it indirectly with plastic. That's the first thing. You have to do it with plastic, either surgery, ortho, ortho, bring it forward, or you mm-hmm. have to do it with plastic. Now, okay, that's that's the idea. If for some reason you want to go, you know, forward, you cannot physically get, you know, they're going to look ugly. So you just go to the canine and at night you protect them with that segmental uh, appliance. that Now, mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. thing about class one, div one, they have a narrow angle it's a very narrow They they cannot tolerate stuff in in, in the in night guards they, they, they can't tolerate that so you and they have their they're very notorious for popping and clicking too and those are the ones that you have to be very careful with class you know class two division ones those, those you have to be very careful when you when you go in there and doing restorative measure twice cut once and that's for another side that you really have to be careful with those um, because you can get in trouble. They have a lot of clicking and popping. They have a lot of uh, muscle, and, and it's just because they're narrow. They're narrow. They're, they're mm-hmm. coming back. They're back to where the muscle source is, like I was telling you earlier. So you have to be very, cal- you, you know, be, be careful with those, but you can help them. You can help them. You can really help them out. For sure.
0: And, and I sent you an um, email. I don't know if you got a chance to read this, but um, the, did you get to read about that easy peasy jig that I sent you by in China? Yes, yes.
1: I like that. I did. I did. So, so I'm gonna shout out to
0: Dr. Gurmit uh another you know, a dentist. I met at BDA a study club once, and he's been such a, a great person to, to to know over the years. And we email each other. Uh, he, I'm gonna share. I'm gonna put this in the show notes. This PDF. Uh, so. What Carlos has described so, so brilliantly with so many different facets was the leaf gauge technique and how you can get the anterior coupling first point of contact. So it's not like kind of revision for this episode. But uh, a different way to do it would be to use what we call the easy peasy jig, which is a great name. And there's a whole, you know, aesthetically, whatever a so full name, I'll get it out for you. But essentially, it's using some physical material anterior. Uh, and then that becomes kind of like what the leaf gauge is doing in a way. And then that makes you a stop so they can then rebuild the anterior teeth just another way to think about it. So I'm add that in the show notes. Uh, but I just want to jump to Carlos, tell us about how you became so inventive, like, where would you find the time And you're, you're active, you're a father of three, uh, you're, you're a, a, a very geeky dentist, how you invented the Casey instrument, which, by the way, I have talked about before, I talked about how much I love the Casey instrument, I literally before I went on holiday, I used it uh, for a broken incisor, I love how it can instead of using my finger, my glove finger, I'm now using the Casey, uh, we've got that, you know, the blue, um, uh, reduced sticking sort of surface, the stick free surface to and the correct contour, whether I'm building the platelet, or if I'm doing composite veneers to shape the anterior with the three planes. Amazing! And you also got some brushes that you made as well. Tell us about your instruments
1: and stuff. Well, okay, I, I don't. Want, I want to talk about no. uh Yeah, basically, you know, I used to, I do my own wax ups and everything, and so in my, my lab at home, I had an epiphany uh, with the instrument. If I could, you know, create this angle, have these angles with the instrument, and so forth, max, you know, make make my life a whole lot easier. So that's how I started my journey with, with the Cassie instruments. Um, and then of course and was very, they were very nice to uh, take on the instrument and they're the ones that they're selling it for me and so forth. And then, you know, being on the artistic side, I, 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 I you know, Newton, you have Newton Fall, you have Dr. Dennehy, we use, a lot of people use brushes. And so being influenced by the brushes, I, I, I told myself, you know, there's a way we can come up with a, a brush that is a handle that is not disposable. And then also with disposable tips um, that would, you know, could help out. And so I, I have an, a, a handle, basically it is sturdy as you can get, you know, stainless steel, and then with different tips on both angles. There, let me see here. It's like, I'll show you. So you got them both sides. Sure, sure. And everything. But for those viewers that can't see it, you know, just just the brushes. And hopefully, I'm working with Cosmet, and if they uh, go ahead and and pick it up, you'll be on the market for everyone. So, But that's how I... I mean, just I'm very intrigued. I just...
0: it's great that you do that and the find you time to do that. And it takes a lot of time and effort to, to do these things. And uh, I've got my KC and you very kindly sent me some more. So I'm going to start using some some, some videos because to help dentists to see how useful that is as well as the brushes. I'm going to have a go at them and stuff. So I really appreciate that. Uh, and I'll, I'll share with everyone how I'm getting on with that. But yeah, it's great to have the design of it. Uh, and to usually the stumbling block I had with these um, brushes in the past that becomes a very expensive habit to use these brushes. But the way they have the autoclave handle and whatnot, uh, and how it re- reaches in the back, uh, and how you can very easily create the right angle of the cusps, as we were saying, uh, will reduce your appointment time and includes the adjustment and stuff. So it kind of makes sense. So I'm, I'm looking forward to using that and sharing that journey with the Protruserati. So thank you so much, class for making that possible.
1: Well, first of all, thank you for, you know, for, for the plug and everything. I appreciate that. And I hope, you know, people like it. But you know, I'm always... If I can share. I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about occlusion. I think you can see it as well. And so, you know, if anyone has any questions, they can, I'll, I'll share.
0: I was just going to say, because you're so easy to, to chat with on Instagram and stuff, like tell us your Instagram handle. So that if Paman's if, if doing their first case and stuff, and they want to send you some photos, maybe like, I'm sure you'd be happy
1: to, to help them. I would, I would, yes. And then with you, Jazz, I'll send you my, I have videos now. I do have videos with the, uh, as far as, I do have videos with the Cassie instruments, also have with the additive equilibration, start to finish. I'll give Carlos those Carlos to you. Carlos, send us
0: everything. I'll I'm going to put you. it on the Protrusive Dental Community Facebook group. I'm going to stick it uh, uh, on the show notes. Please join us. Uh, are you on Facebook, Carlos? Uh, I'm on Facebook, not a lot, but I'm on Facebook. Yes, sir. I'm going to invite you to the Protrusive Down community. Come and join a little, a little community of like uh, actually, yes. uh it's, it's somewhere where I don't, I don't, I don't invite people because the problem with these big groups that invite people is that you lose control of who's in. This is very much a club that you have to do the, uh, your own work. You have to find the link, you have to click it, and then you get accepted inside. So that what that what that breeds is a community who self-select themselves. Like you know what, I'm so geeky, I'm going to be part of this, uh, and you would be a great addition to this. So come and join the Protrusive Down community. And then you can see the kind of stuff that we talk about. And we'd love to hear about your experiences and, and, and your mentorship would be very much valued on there.
1: I, I, it, you know, I want to share because I want to make life, I, I love dentistry so much. It's a great profession. You know that. And if we can make it easier for those young lads that are coming up and everything and help out that, you know, that's, to me, that's rewarding. So tell, tell us your Instagram handle and your website, Carlos. Oh, no, nah, no, nah, nah, just go through Cosmode. <laughs> Go no,
0: no, but in terms of reaching out with you, how can we reach oh, out with oh, you? Oh, Your yeah, oh, Instagram oh, handle, oh, on, oh yeah. Instagram, yeah. Oh, I got it. It's uh, at Carlos Sanchez underscore Casey. Carlos Sanchez underscore Casey. Uh, but yeah, join us on the Facebook as well, and uh, it'll be it be great to have you there and learn for experiences. Uh, I, I, you know, I think you, a lot of my listeners are yeah, we're global, but a lot of the UK and in the UK and and also in Scandinavia, we're already very intertwined and very experienced in, in in Dal. We are the leaders of Dal in the world, right? So what you had to say will really, really catch the interest and capture the, the sort of different ways to approach it. So again, thanks so much for coming on today and sharing all that. Uh, it'd be amazing if everyone kept up. I might have to break this up into a two part episode. Uh, but again, thanks so much, uh, Carlos for coming on. I really appreciate everything you did for us. Be blessed. Well, there we have it, guys. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. So a few different unique perspectives shared there, which may be familiar to you, already in terms of how you might be doing your toothwear techniques, but, but it's always great to hear how other dentists around the world are managing their patients. As I said to you in the intro, I'm introducing a monthly email for free with some videos and occlusion tips to help you be a practitioner of occlusion. So why don't you head to www.occlusion.wtf to join that free newsletter and I look forward to emailing you. Thanks so much again and I'll catch you in the next episode.